John, Katie, Elijah, and Andrew, their boys, have been our missionaries in Slovenia, and um, they've returned, and he's going to tell us a little bit about their new ministry stateside and about the church that's been planted in Slovenia. And um, thankful for your friendship, and so thankful that you're with us tonight. So My pleasure. Take it away. Thank you, Ethan, Pastor Malachuk, and it is great to be here with y'all here tonight. Uh, my wife and boys say hi. Uh, they are spread across the eastern seaboard, um, and uh, some point we'll have to get them back up this way. But uh, we are so thankful, and begin. I mean, this is the customary missionary thing. It's like what we have to say, but we really, really mean it. And that is like uh, your support and prayers and concern for us for all of these, these so many years um, means it, it's really difficult to express. It, it, it really is. Um, it, it's hard till you're sort of on the other side of it because we, I've been on, you know, y'all side supporting missionary doing all of those things. Um, but until you, you're the recipient, it's hard to realize how much it, it really matters. And uh, we, we genuinely thank you, and we genuinely appreciate it. Um, and we could not have done what we've done over the last uh, seven years, six and a half years, without you. And so thank you. Uh, and it, it's good to see my, my friend Ethan again after so many, well, it's been a while, but we've known it. You know, we've known each other. Like, we're getting close to, like, the 20-year the mark, which doesn't really seem right, uh, and yet... I guess math doesn't lie. I don't know. Maybe it does. We're, we're going to pray that it does, but uh, um, it has been a while. And I, I will tell you that I find the older I get, more um, the more real friends actually matter. Because you find out, you've, you've learned this in life, haven't you? You have some friends that seem like friends uh, until you actually need them or you're actually in a position where they can show whether or not they are. And uh, so I'm thankful for, for, for real friends. I'm thankful for, for Ethan. Um, we are the Grasty family, and but to me, uh, tonight it's just me, uh, but we have been in Slovenia. Now, uh, I could have quizzed you, but I am giving you the night off, and we're skipping straight to the map, uh, so we are in Central Europe. See the great big red arrow? That is pointing at Slovenia. Sort of, so, you know, some of you are surprised by that, but we bore it. Mentioned last night, we're at the crossroads of, of Eastern, Central, and Western Europe, and that really is true, because whenever I would say to somebody that you know, we're either going to Slovenia, that was all during deputation, or we live in Slovenia, that was, that was while we were there. Uh, the typical American response was, what, what, Slovakia? It always ended up being Slovakia. Uh, but no, no, Slovakia is like five hours away. That's not, that's not Slovenia. Um, but then once I've told them, okay, former part of the, it was, used to be part of Yugoslavia. And then they're thinking, oh, so that sort of place. Uh, but the deal was, uh, we, we had 4G, we had LTE cell service in Slovenia before we had it in Western North Carolina. Uh, and at, so at one point I thought, well, maybe that's just because we're in Southern Appalachia and, you know, that's not saying a whole lot. After living in Slovenia for, for six and a half years and just moving back, I don't care where you go in America. Your cell service is worse than what we've got. Uh, and so, really, it is a modern place. It is safe. It is clean. Um, low crime. In a lot of ways, it was a wonderful place for us to live. Uh, 2014, December is when we moved. Uh, oh, two hours. There we are. Uh, the four of us back in the olden days. That's literally one less than a week. 
10 days after we landed uh, in December of 2014. And uh, there's our two boys and then Katie. And then uh, time goes on, marches forward, and uh, there's the four of us. Uh, okay, I actually, a tiny bit deceitful. It said 2021. The picture was from like October of 2020, but I promise we look the same. So we're going to roll with it, but there's the four of us now. And, and a lot has changed. Andrew has lived 75% of his life thus far um, in Europe. Elijah was, and even half of his life was spent there in Slovenia. And uh, uh, a lot happened um, during that time. And we're, we're grateful for the ministry that we were able uh, to be a part of during that time. Um, we got to be involved a lot in children's ministries and some clubs and camps. I'm going to show you just a few pictures of that. There's Katie blindfolded. I think she was getting ready to do pin the tail on the donkey. Um, and so that was, uh, that was exciting. But that was in our, where our church plant was at. We did children's ministry both as where we were playing the church, but then also in other places. Is there, is there audio? <laughs> Friends can be like that. No. Uh, at the beginning, it was often just me teaching, 
uh, and, and preaching. But uh, one of my joys and one of our main ministries uh, was working with individuals. This is Gordon here, and he's now leading the work. I, I'm still mentoring him from afar, but we, we're in regular contact all the time. Uh, and we've had more visitors since we've been gone than when we were there, <laughs> which is uh, sort of so it's like, wow, <laughs> should have left sooner, I guess. No. Um, but, but the Lord has blessed even in this time as he's brought uh, different people in from all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of needs to hear the gospel. And our, our last, one of our sort of capstones of our physical ministry right in Slovenia um, was we, we had our first baptismal service, uh, which you see there, uh, followed with uh, Slovenes love to have picnics. Um, the whole summer is essentially a picnicking season. We're going to grill, we're going to do Slavic uh, sausages and all sorts of things. And so we had a baptism combined with a big picnic with our, 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 our group and a number of family and friends there. And you'll see Katie and I in our stylish hats. Uh, those were a gift from our, uh, from our church family, uh, because they were made. Our, the town where our church is planted has a long, like centuries old tradition of making straw hats. And so that is a little memento we had in sort of our capstone of, uh, of six and a half years of work. Still ongoing, but, but we're in the, Time of transition. Isn't that a, like a good ministry thing? We say like a transition time. And that, and that's really what it, what it is. Um, uh, our, our friends here, here's Gordon again, uh, all the way to your, that's left, right? All the way to your, your left and his, his wife. Um, and we're still, uh, mentoring them and working with them, um, there. I probably, they were in order, weren't they? Didn't I say that? I Okay, well, uh, so what's going on next for us is that the Lord made it very clear that it was time for us to, to come back. Long story, we'll talk about it someday. You buy me some ice cream and, um, or donuts, donuts work, had apple cider donuts. Um, that, that was good today. Um, but the Lord's brought us back. And, and honestly, even since we've been back, it, the Lord has made it more and more clear that it was the right decision. Uh, I think uh, Ethan mentioned last night my the situation with my my mother-in-law, which we did not know about um, uh, when we the Lord made it clear that it was time to return. Uh, but it, it has been the right decision, and we're thankful for that. But the Lord has not re- removed the the burden for Slovenia, and, and the need is is still very much there. And so as we're transitioning, one of the things over the the six and a half years that we lived there that, that I saw was, was the, the great need that we had in, a, in a, uh, certain areas that just weren't being filled. Uh, now, I, I am, I'm thankful that, that we do have uh, the, the Word of God in Slovenia. That's actually what I was carrying with me tonight. Somewhere, I did not put it out. I had interesting Slovenian things that I never set out. But I, I have somewhere a, a reprint of an uh, update of a 1588 uh, New Testament that was translated uh, into Slovene um, you know, a bunch of years ago, well over 400 years ago. And we have the Word of God, and that, and that is, uh, as, uh, as the good brother explained to us last night, so clearly and powerfully, um, it's sort of a non-negotiable. Like, you, you, you really, uh, it is foundational to everything that, that comes um, following that. And so we're, we're so thankful for that. But one of the things that we lack is, is, 
is good materials. And sometimes we don't even have bad materials. <laughs> when it comes, if, if you want to do a study on, on Philippians or, or 1 John or 2 Peter, um, you're going to have an incredibly difficult time finding anything in the Slovene language. Um, there are occasionally a handful of things. Maybe I've, I've got some uh, that I could give you if you want to study it in Slovene. And for example, on, on 2 Peter, um, I could get you about two and a half pages, maybe, um, for, for the whole letter. And so we have this great dearth, and, and it's something that the Lord began uh, to use me with, even in our church plant, as we systematically taught the scriptures. And uh, one of the things I did, uh, COVID was sort of an interesting time. Did, did y'all notice um, that? It really... It affected a lot within church and a lot of how we could do things. And, and, and we had some pretty strict rules that we were under in Slovenia. And so we would go months on end um, where we were prohibited from, from meeting. And so we began doing online Bible studies with our group and, and, and such. And one of the things we did is we sort of had a hybrid approach um, because um, we wanted to make our materials available to outside of just our church group, but we also needed the contact. We needed to pray together and share our, our blessings and our burdens. We needed to be able to talk about what was going on. And so we did this hybrid thing where I worked through the week and I prepared two or three times a week um, a, a, a short message uh, walking through a passage of Scripture. And we were studying John on Sundays and we were studying the book of Galatians on Thursdays. And so I would prepare uh, the sermon or lesson, depending on the circumstance, um, I would write it out because my Slovene was even better, had a teleprompter. I didn't start with a teleprompter, but I ended up with a teleprompter, greatest thing in the world for this particular particular need. And so I would record our sermon and we would post it on YouTube and share it on Facebook. But then we would meet together in a, like a Zoom or a, you know, Google Hangout, whatever, you know, those sorts of things, video conferencing, uh, to discuss and share testimonies and pray together. And we did that for months upon months upon months. Uh, but the Lord's opened doors to, to continue doing some of that. And, and one of the things is we got much better. Now, let's pray I got these in the right order at least. Um, Okay, no. Okay, so um, our initial video, not great quality. Audio is not great. I look nearly dead, um, which there's various things that was, that was going on there. Uh, but um, just part of it. Later on, we got the system down. Jesus, amen. Is take evangelis more as badly, catch ne posledit as ledio. Catching all this, right? Tistim paki so, in sice Jesus as preyeli, je dala moć da postane o Božjo troci u sam ki varujejo u njeno ime. In se niso rodili iz krvi, ne iz volje mesa, ne iz volje moža, ampak iz Boga. You have to take my word for it. To pa je nekaj ogromnega. And so we got much, much better over time at producing videos and, and, and getting the production values better and getting the getting the, the writing done. And so what ended up happening is 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 amassing um, um, these Bible study series that are useful both to our churches and then also outside of our church. And because I, I got into the habit of manuscripting these, 
Uh, the, the funny thing is now that all of those things I, I'm working on, on compiling, and, and now we have, and especially, you know, a little bit of, of editing because this was done to be spoken to people, and so we changed it a little bit to be in a written form. Now, all of a sudden, we, we have a study guide for, for the book of Galatians. And, and, and then we start worrying. We, we've got one where we're working through John. And so we start building a body of material that can be helpful because Slovenes um, are multilingual, like all of them. So uh, Slovenes born, well, speaking nothing, uh, but they learn Slovene, which, which you've heard a few different times. Crazy language. Um, I love it, but it's a crazy language. Um, even compared to like the neighboring languages like Croatian, um, it's significantly more complex. They love, it's their heritage. They're a small country, and you know how people sound, kind of get an inferiority complex sometimes. Uh, that's sort of what went on. So, like, we're small, we're tiny, so we're going to keep our language and we're going to make it as hard as it can be. And while everybody else is making things simpler, we are going to keep it the way our grandfathers did it, our great grandfather. And that's what they've done. Um, so, it, it's a challenge, but I love it. Um, but it's what they've done. But then, by law, starting in the fourth grade, they have to start learning English. And so every year, they have English class. Uh, TV and radio is often not seen. Like, it's, it's often in English with Slovene subtitles. And so I know 18, 19, 20-year-olds, if you were to have a five-minute conversation with them, you would not know that they are Slovene. Their English is, their accent even, it can be so clean. Um, but their heart language is still Slovene. That, that's still what they're going to default to. Now, you say, well, doesn't this mean that we can just point them to all of these English resources that we have and that we enjoy? Well, okay, you can try that, but here's the problem. When they go to the Googles and, and they search for, you know, what on earth is going on in the second, you know, passage of Second Peter or this generic Bible question, there is no telling where they're going to end up. Um, in fact, actually, there sort of is telling. Like nine times out of ten, it's, sort of, it's going to be someplace sort of crazy, probably. <laughs> More often than not, it's just how it works out. And so we have an opportunity to sort of be, if we're going to use like a sort of a marketing term, like first to market. Uh, because there are very few. We have some books and we get things translated in Slovene. Uh, but often it comes with copyright difficulties that make it hard to put it freely available on the internet. Um, but if we produce our own materials, we can do with, that, with it whatever we want. And, and building a resource for, for Slovene Christians or people who are wanting to know what the Bible teaches in Slovene, in good Slovene, having multimedia formats, whether it be audio and visual like you've seen, uh, or whether it be on the web, which we have here, Vrelitz, which is a Christian publishing group. The, the, the man, the American man who's worked with this for 20, 25 years, I'd have to do the math, more than 20 years, is retiring and moving back to the U.S. And I've been asked um, to help as they move forward. And doing some of these things where we put together materials, we publish it, we make it available in every format that we can imagine and, and put it out there. And one of the things is this is something probably... Three years ago now. Some of you are wondering, is he going to go over my time? Look, I've got it in great big red, so I know where I'm at. So we got to go quick here. Um, one of the, the, the things that we have an opportunity to do is 
three years ago when I started thinking about this, I, I wanted to start getting involved in this because I saw it because amongst pastors and church planners, there are some talk about, you know, how can we train the next leaders? But what I started realizing is, is a person gets saved here, all right, before they, you know, get leadership training, ministry training, that's, that's down the road. But what happened in all of this area here is so many Slovene believers are getting sidetracked by all sorts of crazy stuff because there aren't good options in Slovene that aren't readily accessible. And over the last six and a half years, or especially the last three and a half years as we were planning the church, um, there's not a whole lot of time when you're planting a church to do a lot of other gigantic projects. And 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 this is the testimony of my my friends as well in Slovenia that, that I've worked with is they have a burden for this as well, but in the in the trenches of day-to-day ministry, there's just not time to do it all. And so as we're transitioning back to the US, this is something that 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 I'm pursuing and that we're working on with with our partners in Slovenia is how can we get um, biblical resources in the Slovene language and make them available. In particular, Bible studies and, and resources for people who teach and are reading the Word of God. And so that's the next phase for us. Very different than the last six and a half years, but we think there is a great need and, and there's not much being done about it. I mean, very, very little. And the Lord's opening the door. And so pray with us as we're getting transition back and as we're moving forward with this next phase. Amen. I told you all that John and I went to the same Bible college. They never showed me that clock timer trick when I was in college because clearly, you know, I don't use that. But, um, yeah, <laughs> we take for granted um, the amount of Christian resources that we have, don't we? I mean, how many of you are old enough? You remember you got saved and you got the, the Wearsby commentaries, the B, the, the whole B series. You know what I'm talking about? You could just you could just get a get a, a set of books that would walk you through where some people in this church took the Liberty Home Bible course. Right. Back in the back in the 80s and all that. Well, in Slovenia, I was there in 2014. Is it safe to say that if you are a every pretty much evangelical leader knows each other in the whole country? More or less. More or less. More or less. So it's it's that tight and that small of a community. And what John won't tell you, um, and I know some of the missionaries that are there, is that he has been told that of any American, they've never seen anyone who's learned the language as effectively as John has learned the language. When it comes down to the written form or his accent, um, you can see it in that second video. And even though we're not native speakers, obviously, you can you, you can kind of get a sense of it. Um, so, you know, and I remember John talking with, with me about this, that it was crystal clear that the Lord was bringing them back to the United States. But it was also crystal clear that God had burdened their hearts for Slovenia. And so it's exciting to see this opportunity. And so I'm going to keep praying for that and that uh, the Lord would bless. You may not remember, but a few a couple of years ago, we had the Reddings here. Um, our missionaries too. little quiz tonight. The Reddings are missionaries to Czech Republic. Mm. Similar kind of a place. Um, very cold post-Christian society. And they have had a problem. They have the same problem with lack of good Christian discipleship materials in Czech Republic. And they told us a story about a church that they had planted. Some of the leaders in the church that were being discipled went on that Google machine that you described. First thing they found on, on YouTube 
was some strange offshoot, unhealthy, unbalanced, unbiblical teaching. And it split that very young church. And there's a huge vacuum of sound Bible teaching in these countries. So whether it's, we're hearing a lot about scripture translation, we also need Christian resources. Um, and so we as a church, we get to be a part of that. And um, we'll sing another song, Brother um, but I want to just um, encourage you to listen, think about it. Um, what One of the things I talked with Brother Fielder about at, at dinner tonight was, was we saw that great need for churches to partner. He's, he was telling me that there are churches that have taken on, there are churches that have taken on books of the Bible as their, their church is sponsoring. I'll let you, you got to tell that story about the Book of Romans. Enjoy the good singing. Glad to be here tonight. Are you glad to be here tonight? Thank you for being here on a Friday night admissions conference. Uh, we've enjoyed the day. We had a good time at supper tonight. Um, we're going to watch a video here in just a moment. Uh, but we had a good time at supper tonight. And I learned there is a comedy side to the Malachuk family. How many of you knew there's a comedy side? And propriety restrains me from telling you who the funniest guy is. Maybe you already know that. Um, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, yes. You throw... If you throw at a rock and a pack of dogs, the one that get hits, hit, gets hit is going to bark. So there you go. I appreciate the opportunity to do this tonight. Pastor Ethan asked me to, to uh, share a video with you this evening. I want to encourage you to pick up one of our, our booklets out on the table out there. And inside this booklet, I mentioned last night, we have nine different projects. And inside this booklet, there's a two-page spread that highlights each of these nine projects. So you can learn more about each one, where it is, who serves in it, and the progress that's been made to this point. And then in the very back of the book, what he asked me to say just a moment ago is we, uh, through, through our trial and error and learning and figuring all this out, we've determined that it costs about $25 a verse to translate the New Testament. That doesn't include the, the missionary or the associate that serves with our ministry. They raise their own support. Uh, that includes the translators that we hire, the native speakers, their salaries. It includes office space, perhaps. It includes... Uh, a computer. I started to say typewriter. Boy, that's a throwback, isn't it? It includes computers and software and lexicons, uh, Greek lexicons, and all kinds of things. But about $25 a verse, that's a rough number, uh, we, can, we can translate the New Testament. So uh, a church can adopt a book of the Bible for a specific project and say, for example, we want to we pay for the book of Philippians. And we'll provide digital posters that have each chapter of Philippians with the verses of chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, with a blank line beside it. You can sign up to buy that verse. And then once the money's all collected, of course, you, you support the project. Uh, church in Alabama adopted the Book of Romans for the Mahdi Project, which is our project in northern Uganda. And uh, they, people were signing up for the verses. You know, there's a lot of verses in Romans, right? Uh, 16 chapters. And so uh, two guys were fighting over Romans 8.28. We know that all things work together for good. Both of them wanted to buy that particular verse. So the pastor decided to auction it off. <laughs> and it went for over $1,000. So uh, the church ended up sending a check for just over $13,000 to help cover the book of Romans for that project. That's a huge blessing. The uh, video we're going to watch in a moment is uh, the New Testament uh, dedication service for the New Testament that we have completed in the Runyon-Kote language of southern Uganda. We worked on this. This was our first project that we took on. Started with six translators, lost two of those along the way, 
still have the other four with us. They've been with us for almost 14 years now, and they worked for 11 years on the New Testament. And our early processes were all pen and paper. We, we had some Bible software that we referred to, but all of our translation work was done on paper. And so we literally, for the running quarter of the New Testament, we have a worksheet uh, on every verse in the New Testament. And they're all in b these big, thick binders in a, in a cabinet in southern Uganda right now. But we completed the New Testament at the, sometime in 2018. And by 2019, April, we had printed it, shipped it, and delivered it to the, uh, the uh, city of Mbarara, Uganda. And we scheduled a dedication service on April the 13th of 2019. <coughs> and it was a wonderful, wonderful day. I've been in full-time ministry for about 31 years, going on 31 years now. And this was the most satisfying and fulfilling day of 31 years of full-time ministry. Uh, to see the people's reaction at being given the Word of God in their language that they can trust and believe this is the Word of God. Preachers can stand behind the pulpit and open it. I have a copy of it right here. Preachers can stand behind the pulpit and open it and, and say, Thus saith the Lord, because it is an accurate translation of God's Word. And what we're going to see on the video is the dedication day for this New Testament. We were supposed to have it outside. We had tents set up and everything was ready for a crowd of about 500. It rained all night the night before and there was about six inches of water out there. So we couldn't have the service out there. But we had to move it in the, into the auditorium. And the rain also hindered a lot of the people who intended to come. We, it still ended up uh, by the end of the service. You know, in Uganda, if you say the service is going to start at 10, what that actually means in Ugandan is we're going to start thinking about getting ready to start at 10. <laughs> so it didn't start at 10. But by the time the service, almost three-hour service was over, we had well over 300 people there. And it was just a joyful thing. And I hope the video will take you back and let you feel a little bit of what we felt that day. And I'm sure it will bless your heart. time I held in my hand a copy of the Running Court of New Testament, I was overwhelmed with emotion. The joy of being part of a translation for a people who need the Word of God so desperately. When we came, God was already working. God had put together something here that I couldn't have, I couldn't have written this beginning like, like we found. They were already concerned about having a Bible that was accurate. They were already working on translation work. To be able to bring them through the original language, the Greek, and give them the tools, kind of work with them through the process and develop this process really from the ground up. Uh, I didn't know we could do all that. You know, it was one of those things I didn't come here knowing this is the way this is all going to work. But God led us every step of the way. We wanted to have an accurate translation so that churches that are built are built on a sure foundation. One that won't move, one that won't be subject to time, but one that will clearly reflect the mind of God in today's generations. It is God's word. We don't want to change it. We don't want to dilute it. We don't want to uh, create our own. We strive to produce the most accurate translation possible. A Bible they can trust, a Bible they can read and know this is the Word of God in our language. We spent many, many years on this work of translation. To, to me, it is worth it. 
more than worthy. Ugandan Christians, to see the joy on their faces, uh, to think of the power of God's written word in the um, hands of dedicated Ugandan Christians. We supported missionaries to Africa for years. We've heard stories. We've seen slides and videos. Uh, but to be here yourself touched my heart. There have been many, many books written by men, but only one book written by God. This was such great joy. I present the completed run recording your testimony. Seeing the people today as they received a copy of God's Word, the spontaneous joy, the singing that originated from the congregation, not being led by someone on the platform, and lifting their Bibles in the air and shouting praise to the Lord. I broke into tears. Um, I was just thinking about how blessed we are to have the scripture. You know, we just sometimes take it for granted and to see the joy in their face. I think you have seen even on their faces how they are happy, how they are rejoicing in raising that Bible up. To finally have something that now we can say, here it is, here's, here's God's word and we can give it to them in their language. It's a huge moment. The people who have given the Bible, the New Testament, is going to be, it is going to change their life. Today was a marvelous day, both in my life and my ministry, because you can now tell them from the pulpit and say, when you go home, read this, you know they have the Bible. When reading it in their language, God will be speaking to their hearts, God will, will be speaking to them. I think it will change many hearts. We want to see this happen over and over. There are over 3,700 language groups that still do not have one verse of Scripture. And our burden is to provide the Scripture in as many of those languages as possible. We thank the Lord for the churches who have partnered with us to get this far for the running Kori people. And we long to see this day repeated many times over. Wasn't that a blessing? Praise the Lord. Turn your Bible, please, to Luke chapter 24. And uh, if you could get my slides up there for the message, I would be grateful. They're already up there. Wow. 
guy's on the job. He's hiding behind the monitor. I didn't see him back there. I want to speak to you tonight on uh, the biblical foundation of the mission. The biblical foundation of the mission. And we'll look at Luke 24 here in just a few moments, if you'll get ready for that. And I'm aware of my time tonight, so we're going to stay within our allotted time. But please follow along with me. Let's bow for a brief word of prayer. May we all recognize the value of the book we hold in our hand. May we cherish it and treasure it. May it become the most important thing in our lives to daily open the Word of God and hear from you. I pray that we'll hear from you tonight. I pray you'll accomplish your work in our hearts. Thank you for this church and the mission heart that they have and the emphasis on your mission during these, these days in this conference. Please use this message to fan that flame, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Last night, we looked at this statement. I want you to see it again. God is on a mission to reveal his glory and extend his grace to every kindred, tribe, and tongue. If this statement is true, and I believe it is, can you say amen to that? This is what God is doing in this world. Then that means everything God does is related to his mission. So that means that the story of Scripture is the story of the mission. Do you know there's really nowhere in the Bible you can go and, and find anything that is unrelated to the mission of God? Everything in this book is related to the mission of God. Every story, every major event, every Bible character, uh, minor events, uh, everything you read is somehow linked to God's purpose for revealing himself and bringing people to himself. Uh, I was listening to a preacher from Texas a few days ago, and he was talking about the training of the 12 and how Jesus was in a, in a constant progression of preparing the disciples for the work of the Great Commission. And, and I never thought about it this before. I've heard, I've heard mission sermons from the feeding of the 5,000. Have you ever heard that before? Jesus can take your little and he can make it much. And that's a good lesson, <clears throat> but there's a whole lot of lessons in that story. And one of the main lessons that I think maybe gets overlooked sometimes is that Jesus was preparing the disciples for the work of the ministry while he sat in the background. They're the ones who did the serving. Jesus is the one who blessed and multiplied the food, but the people didn't see Jesus serving. The people didn't see Jesus accomplishing the task. The disciples did the work. And part of the, the uh, disciples' training in that story was preparing them to do ministry with Jesus in the background. And the Lord is going to go back to heaven, right, at the end of their training, and the disciples are going to have to carry out the work of the ministry with the Holy Spirit's help. The Lord in the background, the Lord working with them. And so you can go all over the Bible and find the mission of God. So the whole story is about that. Now, the, those who uh, would cast uh, negative light on Christianity and the Bible would say to us, you people see Jesus in the Bible everywhere. You know, you make everything in the book about Jesus. Well, I want us to look at a passage of Scripture, actually two passages in Luke 24 tonight, where we see that Jesus makes the Bible about Jesus. Jesus makes the whole story of Scripture the story of the mission. And, and I want you to hear this statement. The whole story of the Bible is the story of Jesus symbolized and typified and prophesied in the Old Testament coming to earth as a, as a man, Jesus becoming a man in the New Testament, and dying on the cross, and returning to heaven, and sending the Holy Spirit, also the work of the mission of God can be carried out. The whole story of the Bible is that. 
Exactly. And that's not my words. That's Jesus' words. Luke chapter 24, if you look at it with me, please. And some people call this the Christological focus of the scripture. But in uh, starting, I guess, in verse, <clears throat> we're not going to read all of these, but in verse 13, <coughs> we're introduced to the two disciples on the Emmaus Road. And a lot of people actually believe that that was Cleopas and his wife. His wife was present at the cross later when Jesus was crucified. But he appeared to Cleopas and the other disciple, as it's termed here in this passage of Scripture, and he begins a conversation with them. And they begin to express to him their disappointment and disillusionment with what's been happening in Jerusalem. And Jesus said in verse 19, what things? Well, he already knew all about that, didn't he? But they said unto him, verse 19, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people. And verse 21, notice what they said. But we trusted that it had, it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And so they go on to talk about Jesus and, and, and his death. And now the ladies went to the grave and they can't find him. He's not there. And they were so discouraged and disappointed. Jesus' response to them, were he a modern day megachurch pastor, would have said, now, now, gentlemen, let me encourage you with something. You know what Jesus said? That's not what he did. Verse 25, he starts out with these two words, oh, fools. And the next phrase, and slow of heart. <laughs> That's not very encouraging, is it? They're expressing all their discouragement, but here's what they needed. Listen carefully. This is what they needed. Verse 25. Then he said unto them, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Next verse. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Here's what he's saying to them. Listen to this. If you had believed what you read in the, in the word of God, you would know that this is what needed to happen. This is what was supposed to happen. Because the whole story of the book is the story of Jesus making it possible for men to come to God, people to come to God. And he continues in verse 27. And I, 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 I would love to have been there and heard this, wouldn't you? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures. Look.